0: Welcome back to the Access Blockbusters pod. It is so good to be back. Um, Well, I should say, I mean, to be back, if you guys have been following the channel, you, well, let me start over. This is already getting too complicated for probably everybody and for for myself included. But um, yeah, if you've been following the channel kind of loosely, it may not have seemed like there was much of a difference. Obviously, I wasn't talking about the most current, uh, you know, movies and shows coming out, which we will. Uh, be talking about in this episode of the Access Blockbusters pod, so thank you so much for joining. But uh, I've been just kind of, you know, I've been posting some videos that I've been, uh, I've had ready for quite a while now. Uh, I've been super excited to share with you guys some little, you know, a little different kind of content coming out. Um, I think the recent video was the Hobbit video. I don't talk about you know Hobbit or Lord of the Rings obviously uh, that much. Uh, probably will at some point again because of the Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings series, which uh, I think looks pretty good. But uh, you know I've heard other things. I've heard otherwise. Um, but yeah, I no I I've uh, you know just been taking a little bit of a breather. Um, haven't had the time to record many new videos and and talk about the things that I want to talk about, but I I did have a chance this week to kind of sit down and sit here and talk with you guys about uh, all all things recently. Um, and I believe the last time I, I talked with you guys in a podcast episode or in a current video was uh, was I think uh, Spider Man No Way Home or maybe ranking the twenty twenty one MCU movies and shows. So last December. Um, and since then, we've had some really awesome things going on. So today is sort of a, a catch-up episode, and I'm hoping to, to do these once in a while uh, while I kind of, you know, uh, re- kind of figure out what the channel is going to be over the next summer um, and then heading into 2023 and all that sort of stuff. But anyways, that, all that aside, uh, guys, um, I just want to say really quickly, a huge thank you uh, huge shout out to all of you guys who are continuing to support this channel, uh, 600 and I believe 68 subscribers at the last time I checked, that is just incredible, uh, That it's beyond words, uh, thank you, uh, thank you so much, I again, I, I really, the only one goal, tangible goal, other than just to enjoy making these videos and to, you know, talk about all the things that I really like talking about with movies and shows, The only other real tangible goal is just to someday hit a thousand subscribers. I, you know, at a certain point in this channel's life, I thought, oh, that's going to be so easy. How naive I was, obviously, that was more towards the beginning. And then at a certain point, uh, maybe last year, I was kind of like, yeah, I just, I don't know if it's going to happen. But just seeing the support that's been coming out lately, especially uh, surrounding videos like ranking literally every single MCU character, which I'm hoping to make a sequel to now that there have been literally, I think, 10 9 or 10 new movies and shows worth of characters to, to rank, so that'll be fun. Um, and also, The Beginner's Guide to the MCU. I, I actually, you know, I, I couldn't believe how well that video has, has been connecting with people. It, it really, I get comments um, almost every week, every day, uh, just with people saying, thank you so much, I've been looking for a video like this, and that's really what, you know, makes me happy, is, is being able to help people um, as they explore the mcu and you know maybe i'll do one for star wars maybe i i don't know uh, the beginner's guide to star wars beginners guide to dc but anyways i i just you know i'm really happy um with all of that and yeah part two is up part two was uh released a bit ago and so if you have any friends who are you know looking at moon knight and going what the heck is this uh, part one and part two up on the channel. You know, feel free to to send them towards those videos um, and all that sort of stuff. But anyways, all of that aside, you know, all of that uh, self shameless self promotion aside, we are here. It is an episode of the Access Blockbusters Pod. Uh, so sit back and relax. This, you know, for for about half an hour to an hour or so, we're just going to be talking um, about all things movies and shows and things that have come out. So uh, the the first couple of things that I wanted to talk about today uh, were, were some trailers that have come out in the past couple weeks, and just briefly I wanted to touch upon them before we move on to, uh, you know, as you've read the title, The Batman, and, uh, Moon Knight speculation, Moon Knight predictions, um, Doctor Strange predictions, maybe, um, and, uh, Boba Fett as well. well. We'll be talking about Boba Fett. I have a lot of thoughts about the book of Boba Fett. That is a tongue twister, by the way. Um, but anyways, um but let's talk about the three trailers that have released in the past three months that i the three big trailers i i would add and by the way while we're while we're on the topic of trailers uh thor love and thunder is uh is is pretty close I, well it's it's technically about three and a half months away still um but i you know a first trailer i think might be dropping imminently actually i i would have thought this week maybe even next week but but before the end of march i i do believe we'll be getting a thor 11 thunder trailer so i think that'll be exciting that'll be something to look forward to um, but anyways the first big trailer that i wanted to talk about was obviously doctor strange and the multiverse of madness the the second and i'm presuming final big trailer before the movie comes out in just over a month uh let's let's not bury the lead uh let's talk about patrick stewart let's talk about the illuminati Uh, Not not, you know, that Illuminati, the Marvel Illuminati, which I I have to imagine they're going to rebrand it somehow um, because, you know, just calling it the Illuminati obviously has other associations at this point. So I'm not entirely sure what they're going to do with that. Um, That'll be up to Marvel. They'll figure it out. I'm sure they'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, so when I was watching that trailer on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, you know, I was like, this is this is a fantastic trailer. We'll kind of go, you know, through a couple of the major beats later on. And then you know I see him going through what what looks to me like a, a TVA esque uh, sort of building or, or room, and I I know that you know it's not exactly the TVA. I know the TVA was a sham by Kang the Conqueror, and and he who who must uh, he he must not be named. No, that's a different franchise. He who remains. Um, and uh but i i just couldn't help but get you know little tva vibes and that was cool and i was like okay he's being captured that's pretty interesting where is he going and uh he gets put in front of this council and i'm like okay okay and then i hear the voice and just like every single trailer reaction i my jaw just dropped and i said what i i literally audibly just sat there and for the rest of the trailer you know i was was trying to process what was going on but i the implications right Patrick Stewart is back as Charles Xavier. Now, if you know me, um, you would know that, to be quite honest with you, I get the argument that, oh, well, if they put this in the trailer, then how much more are they going to have in the movie? Fine. You know, great. Fine. But I would have preferred not to have this in the trailer at all. Uh, Just straight up. I I think that it, I don't know. I just, even though we all sort of knew I would have just preferred to to have not had this in the trailer and I know we heard one line and I know we heard, we we saw a silhouette of the back of his head but I I don't know. You know, I I just I I wish that movie's kind of kept all of their secrets for the for the movie itself. I think Avengers Endgame is just such a good example of how to do a marketing campaign because I mean, yes, you need those, you know, Avengers Endgame had its own hype going forward, and and I respect that, Um, and so it didn't really need to show anything, but it didn't show anything, and I I think people would have been just as excited for the cool visuals of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness without the Professor X reveal, you know? I, I don't... I, I see how they probably grabbed a few extra, you know, demographics of people who were kind of on the fence, and they were like, you know, demographics meaning, you know, like, viewers, like, like fringe viewers, like, people who aren't as interested in the MCU, people who just don't care about the MCU, but who like the X-Men, you know, those kinds of dem- demographics, and they were like, oh, wait, it's it's X-Men, um, but I, uh, yeah, look, at the end of the day, I I don't know, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm just, uh, just salty, but I... Uh, I would have preferred not to see that in the trailer, but it's in the trailer. And obviously what that means is, yes, that, that argument holds true um, if they put Professor X in the trailer. And Kevin Feige doesn't just do that kind of thing because, I, I you know, I, I know that trailers are made by other comp- uh, trailer companies, but uh, I'm sure that Kevin Feige has some sort of final say on, on what goes in the trailer. It would be absolutely crazy if he didn't. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure he was like, well, you know, this might get people excited because we have a lot more coming and, you know, there are hints of sort of a, a superior Iron Man or Reed Richards or you could see a Monica Rambo Captain Marvel. The, this movie is going to be insane. Um, and I, you know, for the, for what it's worth, I, uh, I I recently just rewatched Spider-Man No Way Home as it came out on, uh, on video and, and digital and all that sort of stuff. And, I mean, what I had always said before Spider-Man No Way Home is with all of the hype of the multiverse... And all of the hype of the Toby and Andrew uh, appearances and, and the villains Doc Ock and, and Green Goblin, uh, people seem to kind of forget that it, it's still a movie, and it needs to be a good movie. Uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker didn't wasn't a better movie just because Lando Calrissian was in it for about five minutes. You know what I mean? And um, thankfully, as I was rewatching the movie, I just reaffirmed to me that yes, you know, cameos and multiverse villains and stuff, but it was it was a great movie. It's just a great movie in my eyes, and that's what I need Doctor Strange 2 to be. I don't care who shows up or when. I mean, it's going to be exciting, of course, um, but the way that I watched Spider-Man No Way Home integrate the villains and the heroes into the story, especially that moment on top of the school, on the roof of the school, where they're talking about, with great power comes great responsibility, that's integral to the story. I I don't want Charles Xavier just to show up and be like, yo, I'm here, what's up? And then he dies again or something. It it just you know, and then Reed Richard shows up for five seconds and he's like, oh, see you in my next movie and Ant Man three or whatever. Um, it just it I just hope that's not that's not what happens. And luckily, uh, on a more positive note, uh, it looks like that's where it's going because the trailer looks insane. The trailer looks like it has all the makings of just a fantastic, wild, nightmarish, horror-esque movie. And that's something obviously the MCU hasn't explored yet. I love the last shot of this weird zombie, zombified, you know, just ghoulish, strange. Um, It just shows, you know, Sam Raimi's... um, touch with this kind of thing it's it just it's just fantastic so yeah I mean you know there are a bunch of other shots we can go through uh like the Ultron bots you know those are really interesting Rachel McAdams is back looks like she has a larger role as she said in a recent interview but I I'm just so excited you know I I really don't want to speculate that much more because I just want to see it in the theater come May. so there is that uh the second trailer that I wanted to discuss really briefly before we get to the big third trailer is uh, Miss Marvel I'm not going to talk about Miss Marvel that long uh, in, in terms of the podcast length, but um, I watched it, came out last week, and it looks fun. Um, it didn't quite have that same charm as the Hawkeye trailer did for me, because, I mean, people can argue, oh, it's kind of the same as Hawkeye, just a sort of fun, cheesy sort of Marvel adventure. I, I still think the Hawkeye trailer, at the very least, had a little bit more just, just you know, warmness, warmth to it, but I really, I love the message that they're going for here of this sort of teenage girl teenage Pakistani girl uh, from Jersey city who was like, yeah, it's, it's like, I look, you know, I look at myself and wearing the captain Marvel costume and I go, it's, it's really not people like me who save the world though. And I love that, that, that sort of empowering message, not just for uh, Pakistani, you know, you know, people or, or uh, uh, people who live in Jersey or, or young people uh, or, 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 or women, uh, of course, all of those groups as well, but just, you know, anybody who feels like they're just ordinary and who, who really don't feel like, you know, they're 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 that special um that this empowering message of they 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 still amount to something you know i feel like that's where the show is going to go at least just from the trailer obviously not having seen the episode and it's great representation obviously so I, I really applaud marvel for that as well um but yeah no it's it's great to see um you know that kind of heart because again it's the temptation is that this is just going to be some sort of cheesy disney channel like thought bubbles and stuff um kind of show but that was just sort of the first half of the trailer and I wouldn't be that mad if it happened every once in a while you know half the show I don't know um but it looks it looks fun um you know one of the complaints I've heard about the Disney plus shows uh for Marvel at least though um and I think it's a double-edged sword uh because obviously not every MCU fan has Disney plus um and they just go and watch the movie so they probably saw Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternal, Spider-Man No Way Home um and one of the complaints that I've heard about most of these MCU shows is that they just give these characters new costumes by the end, which is, honestly is not that far off. Um, you know, you got your uh, uh, your Wanda, Scarlet Witch, you got uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, uh, Loki's getting a season two. So I, I guess, you know, that's not really the case with that show. Um, Hawkeye, they got new costumes. Miss Marvel's getting that costume um i'm sure moon knight and she hulk will get their their iconic costumes obviously we, we saw moon knight in the trailers um um but yeah it's it you know it it's like kevin feige has to go there are people who are not going to know who these characters are because they don't have disney plus and they're going to watch the movies and they're going to see the marvels which obviously will make over half a billion dollars at least because every i'm just saying because every single mc movie makes over half a billion dollars at least so um there's that um and they're going to see, you know, Iman Vellani dressed up as Miss Marvel and they're going to go, "Oh, well, what's the deal?" And well, she got a costume and she exists in this world and, you know, let's go on this fun adventure. They're going to see Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange 2 and be and go, "Oh, with well, the last time I saw her, she was in Endgame or uh, you know, Infinity War or whatever and she now she has a new costume and she's powerful, but, you know, they haven't seen WandaVision at least." Um, although although Doctor Strange 2 seems to be referring to Westview. Um so maybe maybe that's different, but uh yeah, I you know, I I don't i don't know that this show is going to be that consequential in terms of just mcu it's going to be introducing you know uh uh, kamala khan uh that's going to get me so tripped up um just hearing kamala harris and then kamala khan that's just going to get me so tripped up but anyways um kamala khan and then you know introducing her into the marvels just like scarlet witch into doctor strange 2 just like captain america into his own movie um, just like uh, I'm sure Haley Steinfeld into Young Avengers and, and uh, you know Loki probably in Doctor Strange too. You know it's it's all it's this sort of introducing phase that Disney Plus has sort of been um, introducing us to new iterations of characters that we've already known and also introducing us to to new characters altogether with with Moon Knight that we'll talk about in just a little bit. So but it looks like a fun trailer. I love the weekend song uh, Blinding uh, Blinded by the Lights. It's it's a great choice for the for the show uh, or for for the trailer excuse me, just because of all the the high-powered cosmic energy that's going on, and I thought it was a fun trailer, so I can't complain. But the third trailer that I wanted to talk about very briefly is, of course, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Perfect trailer. Well, no. Well, perfect trailer, I don't know. Amazing trailer, absolutely. Duel of Fates, 90% of it, absolutely. Do I want another trailer? No. This is it. I I don't want another trailer. It's not a perfect trailer for a couple of reasons that I'll go through briefly before I, I rave about it, uh, number one, as I'm sure you've seen with all the memes going around, uh, yeah, the Inquisitor, or the Grand Inquisitor, um, with all of the uh, the advancements they've made with CGI and prosthetics, um, I'm sure they found a really great actor. I forget it, Rupert somebody uh, is going to be playing the Grand Inquisitor, and I'm sure he's a fantastic actor. They picked a great actor. Um, he He doesn't look like the grand inquisitor and i'm sure you've seen all the memes comparing him to to the ones on udapau in um in revenge of the sith that you you couldn't have just i this is so minor because obviously for me visuals don't ever make or break a movie they help or they hurt but they don't make or break and i'm sure i'm gonna get used to seeing him like this i'm i i even think rosaria dawson's ahsoka doesn't look super convincing in live action to be quite honest um sometimes at least uh, it like sometimes it looks like Rosario Dawson wearing a headpiece and it, whatever, um, but yeah, I uh, I I don't know. Um, and also, even the guy, with the Inquisitor with the, hat, the weird hat thing, doesn't look that convincing to me either. Um, and all and and so that didn't you know that didn't uh, that wasn't great for me to be quite honest. Even the first time I saw the trailer, um, and the other thing about this trailer that I, I realized about the show in general. Um, And this isn't really a negative, necessarily. Um, It could be a negative, it could be a positive. Um, What I realized, though, is that this show has essentially zero stakes. And that uh, will lead me into a different part of this discussion that I I wanted to get to later. But um, this show will not have stakes. And what I mean by that is Obi-Wan lives, Darth Vader lives, Grand Inquisitor and Hat Inquisitor live. To, to, to be in Rebels. Owen, uh, Uncle Owen, lives. Um, the only character who probably won't live is that new female Inquisitor, R- Riva. I believe is her name, or, I, I heard that somewhere, maybe that, that's completely wrong. Um, yeah, but this show has zero stakes. Now, I was having this discussion with somebody else a while ago when the trailer came out. A, a good movie or a show doesn't need to have death as the stakes. Um, to be a good show but what this show needs to do is is have a purpose somewhere else other than just to you know because like we're going to be watching obi-wan's journey for the journey not the destination because we know where the destination is he's going to end up back on Tatooine somehow he's going to um you know die at the hands of darth vader later on Um, but we need to, we need to see that this show justifies itself in some capacity because otherwise it's just not going to make sense. You know, why do you make this show other than just to have a random rematch between Vader and Obi-Wan? And I don't want that, you know, I don't want this show just to be a random, another rematch between Vader and, and Obi-Wan that could have been a YouTube video, a cool concept of a YouTube video. Um, this show needs to justify itself. And I think it can, you know, showing that sort of trauma that Obi-Wan went through after Revenge of the Sith. So um, and that's what we, did, what we get to see, you know, the voiceover of, we lost, uh, the war is, war is done. You know, uh, we got to hide now. And I think that that's, that's awesome. You know, uh, obviously Ewan McGregor looks fantastic, of course, as Obi-Wan. Um, I love, we didn't get to see Vader because we, we, we saw a picture of Vader from Entertainment Weekly, I believe. And it, you know, it's, a, it's Vader. It doesn't reveal anything. It's, it's Vader. We know what Vader looks like, um, he's not gonna look any different because it's vader um but yeah no i i uh i think the trailer looked great the duel of the fates was just a perfect song and then the anakin versus obi-wan uh theme that was playing from mustafar was also playing in the trailer as well it was pretty short um didn't get to show us a lot but gave us sort of the vibe of these inquisitors hunting obi-wan down which of course they won't succeed because we know where the show is going but it's still cool to see nonetheless and i I yeah I mean this trailer just it looks like what you'd want to see from a Obi Wan show, so I am absolutely pumped for that. And those were uh, I mean I, I think the second Moon Knight trailer came out as well. We're gonna talk about Moon Knight in just a little bit actually. Uh, uh, we can transition into Moon Knight. Uh, I think I think we'll make that the second segment. Um, I have a, I have three things I want to talk about for the remainder of the show. Uh, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, say that ten times really fast. You can't um moon knight sort of expectations predictions and sort of what i want to see from the show and then we'll talk about the batman because that's it's the batman you know we'll talk about the batman um but i i think transitioning in you know from star wars to star wars i wanted to talk about the book of boba fett and what i thought so let's let's talk about the book of boba fett um so i put out a couple polls on the access blockbusters youtube channel sort of gauging what people thought about the show and what people were thinking and um Look, it's, uh, <laughs> it's confusing. Uh, I think even if you like the show holistically, um, or even love the show holistically, I don't think you can deny that this show is confusing. It is, it is just confusing, to say the least. Um, because you have these first four episodes that are consistent, at least, about Boba Fett, and I didn't love them. To be fair, um, and then you have episodes five and six, which are not from this show at all, and then you have episode seven that attempts to tie some of it together, and I, uh, I, I'm confused. Um, I was thinking about what Dave Filoni and John Favreau were thinking, you know, when they came up with the concept of this show and sort of planned it out, um. My guess is that they really were just thinking this was sort of a little chapter, like it's a book of Boba Fett and the overall story of The Mandalorian. Um, but I, uh, I, I would have appreciated this more, sort of, if it came, um, like at the beginning of Mandalorian season three, with the addition of the book of Boba Fett. You know, so like, like Mandalorian season three is, is, is four extra episodes or five extra episodes longer than it, than the other two seasons. It's so like 15 episodes or so on the first four are, you know, the with, with a special book of Boba Fett, you know, and he becomes important because Mandalorian comes back to Tatooine and helps him out. I think that makes a lot more sense than just having a show called the book of Boba Fett. Um, and then having two Mandalorian episodes in the middle. Um, the first four episodes I thought were okay, varying degrees of okay. I don't even think I made it through the third episode. I watched the third episode um, late at night, obviously when it came out, and I was very tired. Um, but, you know, I wanted a commitment, right? <laughs> um, and uh, I think uh, the third episode was the one with the the, the the bikers that he recruits, the Power Ranger kids. And I, I think I fell asleep at the end of it, to be honest. And I don't think I missed anything either. Um, the first couple episodes were interesting, uh, to kind of see Boba Fett going through with the Tusken Raiders and stuff, but it didn't pay off at the end. Like, I would have thought maybe a Tusken Raider army, um, comes out at the end to help him. The only thing that got paid off at the end really was, was the Rancor, um, which, you know, fine. It was kind of cool to see him, try, you know, on a Rancor riding Boba Fett writing a Rancor again. Um... But yeah, even just from the beginning of the show, it kind of felt like something was off. And I actually rewatched the scenes of Boba Fett from Mandalorian uh, Season 2. And he is just a different character. And it's stunning because um, it's the same director, Robert Rodriguez, who's doing Book of Boba Fett, who did that episode of Mandalorian that I love because that brutal, that warrior Boba Fett who's using the gaffy stick and and just no mercy, Boba Fett. Now he's just some guy wearing the armor whose name is Boba Fett. He is not Boba Fett, and that's disappointing. You know, it's disappointing. But then, you know, we hear the Mandalorian theme at the end of Episode Four, and you get you kind of think, oh, he's gonna come in for an episode and kind of kind of leave, guest starring. You know, uh, remember when guest stars were a thing, and uh, and the sitcoms and stuff like that. Anyways, um. When, uh, when Brad Pitt shows up on Friends, that kind of thing, I was like, yeah, you know, it's going to be a fun episode. And I turn it on, watching it with a friend, and um, it it isn't just a fun episode, it's a Mandalorian episode. And it's a fantastic, well, I should say, uh, in my opinion at least, the first half is a fantastic Mandalorian episode because that, that episode, Return of the Mandalorian, reminded me of everything I loved and hated about The Mandalorian. I loved the first half, the mythology of the Dark Saber, Mandalorian cutting somebody in half, and just you know going, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold, and and with the uh, the uh, the female Mandalorian, the armor and uh, Paz Vizsla, I believe, like that that was just awesome. And then you bring in, what's her name, Pelimoto, and I, I just, I I've heard people say that they don't care or they like her. Not, not her. Just like her and and her droids and that kind of whole vibe. Not, I'm not say, trying to say anything bad about the actress or anything. Uh, Amy Sedaris, I believe. Um, I hate that you know that that uh, that whole aspect of the Mandalorian. You know, tattooing, that tattooing aspect of of it all. It just it reminds me of the prequels and the bad parts of the prequels, not the stuff that I like about the prequels. And man. You know, and and I know a lot of people love the Nubu N One Starfighter. I think it's cool. Um, I uh, I just think it's not my favorite chip. I by the way, uh, well I know they're calling it a Fire spray now, Slave One or whatever it's called, is my favorite chip in Star Wars. And I'm really sad we didn't get to see a lot more of it until like Episode Six or something, or Episode Four or Five or Six Seven. I don't remember. Uh, they all blend together now at this point. But um, yeah, I think it was Episode Four. We got to see Slave One. That was really cool. Um, but yeah, I, episode five was really hit or miss for me. You know, I was like, ah, oh, okay. Uh, the, the best parts of the Mandalorian and the worst parts of the Mandalorian. Episode six comes around and I'm like, this is crazy because that was a crazy episode of it of some hybrid of the Mandalorian and, and Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker, um, who, yeah, I, you know, I didn't love the, uh, I didn't hate the, uh, Episode, season 2 CGI Luke, but I didn't love it either. Uh, I don't feel any, you know... I, I think it's better, obviously, but I don't I don't care, really. Uh, like I say, visuals are never really going to make or break uh, a movie or a show. I watched Spider-Man No Way Home the other day. I think there are actually some really obvious green screen moments in certain places, like in the mirror dimension. I think it's really obvious, actually, that Doctor Strange is is just walking along a green screen. Um, anyways, I'll let aside. Um, But yeah, no, I, I was like... Uh, I don't, just, this isn't, you know, this is fine, but it it doesn't bother me that much. Um, But you get all of this, you know, Grogu training stuff and you get Ahsoka and you get Mando and you get R2-D2 and you're just like, this is a great show. It's not the book of Boba Fett, but it's a great show. And then episode six ends with Cad Bane and you're like, oh, this is, this is a great Boba Fett show. And so you're kind of going into the finale like, yeah, you know, like, what's going on here? Like, what are we going to get in the finale? Um, and the way that I would put the finale is that it's a finale, it's a good finale for a different show. I think Cad Bane is the perfect villain to have in the Book of Boba Fett. I don't think that he's the, the, the perfect villain to have in this Book of Boba Fett because he was in one episode um, and, like, five seconds of another one. If you build him up to have all this history and backstory with Boba Fett, you know, in this show, because I know he has Clone Wars backstory, and then you kill him off, I think I'm a little more okay with that. To kill him off like this is just feels disrespectful. I know Dave Filoni has his finger on the pulse of Star Wars pretty well, um... But that just didn't feel like it was it, you know? I, I feel like in that instance, it was just kind of like, that was a misstep. You know, I, I know all the backstory. But you didn't even talk about that much of the backstory. Like, you talked about, you had a couple lines from Cad He was like, I remember you as a warrior. Something like that. And that was it. And that, um, look, I, I think this show just kind of reminded me that I like The Mandalorian a lot more than The Book of Boba Fett. I liked The Boba Fett from The Mandalorian more than I liked The Boba Fett from The Book of Boba Fett. And it also actually kind of reminded me I didn't like a lot of the, a lot of parts of the Mandalorian. I, I love it. I like it overall. But uh, if you if you've been watching the channel and I reviewed every single episode from season two, I'm not the biggest fan of the Mandalorian. I think it's like a B-tier show for me. Um, it has s tier and A tier elements, obviously, but it's sort of it you know, it's there. I, I'm very excited for a show like Obi-wan that hopefully doesn't have much filler, uh, maybe even Andor that doesn't have much filler, Ahsoka, I'm hoping um but mandalorian you know the vibe the the star wars-esque nature of it it's it's all great so yeah i mean boba fett was was a swing and a miss i don't even think it was that much of a swing because they eventually were just like let's just make mandalorian again um and it kind of just came and went you know it's a show where you can you you should just probably watch episodes four and five and then just be done with or sorry five and six and just be done with it um so there's that um and uh now though the next show Coming after the Book of Boba Fett, we we got a three month little hiatus. uh, Is uh not not three months like more like one and a half months because I it it premiered over Christmas. Anyways, but the next show coming after the Book of Boba Fett is Moon Knight. Uh, I personally love the Moonlight 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 Moon Knight Moon Knight trailer that came out recently. I rewatched it recently. It is fantastic, Um, but. Yeah, I, I'm just so excited. The first four episodes screened for critics, um, and they they said, most of them said, this is one of the most interesting and new MCU shows. Now, they say that with a lot of the MCU shows, um, and obviously they don't get to see the finale, um, and the finale has been really where the MCU shows have fallen flat, really. It just consistently across the board. WandaVision finale, uh, with some great moments. Falcon and Winter Soldier finale, uh, with some okay to good moments uh loki finale i hated didn't hate didn't but didn't love it either um what if finale was you know what if but i didn't like what if overall so i like the finale so what does that say about that show hawkeye finale uh okay you know sure um so i uh it's no secret that i'm really hoping that that uh that a moon knight sticks sticks to landing but aside from that uh what am i looking forward to for moon knight I've tried to stay away from all the clips and all the uh, additional TV spots. So I, like I always do. So I don't, I don't know that much about Moon Knight other than what's in the trailers. Obviously I know about Mark Spector and Steven Grant and all that sort of stuff. Um, What am I expecting? What am I hoping for for Moon Knight? I'm hoping for a show uh, that can fit into the MCU, but can also stand on its own. I think Eternals is a, is a, is a movie that can stand on its own, but isn't really, and again, Kevin Feige will figure it out later. But doesn't really fit into the MCU as we know it right now, you know. Shang Chi is a movie that can fit into the MCU and stands on, stand on its own, uh, although it, it it leans more heavily into with the whole Trevor Slider thing. So whatever. But um, yeah, I uh, especially with a show like Moon Knight, I'm hoping that this is, this is a show that just really is a good show. Um, I think we've had some decent show. I think WandaVision has been a really good show. Um, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a fine MCU show. I think Loki is the same. I think Hawkeye is the same. Um, but we really haven't gotten a just a good standalone show. Do you know what I mean? And I'm really hoping that that's what Moon Knight is. So that's number one. Number two is... And I, I have all the confidence in the world about this after hearing the reviews. Just a fantastic Oscar Isaac performance. An Oscar Isaac vehicle. I think Elizabeth Olsen took hold of the opportunity she was given and gave a fantastic performance. And she has just elevated herself. Uh, Anthony Mackey, I think, was fine. I think Tom Hiddleston has always been, you know, really good. Um, I think Jeremy Renner was pretty good. But I think I want Oscar Isaac to just really assert himself in the role and just become Moon Knight. Um, I think that would just be... I I think that would just be, you know, really fun to watch. Um, Third thing is a decent villain. Um, The MCU shows have fallen under the MCU movie syndrome. At least phase one, phase two MCU movie syndrome of having pretty bad villains. Let's be honest. Agatha Harkness was not a good villain. Not a great villain. Um, Carly that was a terrible villain, in my opinion. Uh, He Who Remains... sure... Fine, I, I don't like him. The TVA in general, pretty interesting, but eh, yeah. Kingpin was barely in the show. Traxi Mafia, whatever. So, I think having you know the villain be revealed, um, early on, unlike some of the other shows, of being Arthur Harrow, uh, Ethan Hawke is is going to be really interesting, and is going to sort of play into to the to the show itself, and I uh, I'm really excited about that. Number four is dig into the supernatural, dig into the weird, dig into the psych- psychological thriller aspects of the show. Um, this is your chance to be something different, obviously. Uh, and I, I applaud the MCU shows for the most part for being, for being very different. Um, you know, WandaVision being a sitcom slash sort of, sort of a thriller as well. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier being action. Loki being time heisty sci-fi. Um, uh, Hawkeye being a Christmas buddy cop show. Uh, this looks like a psychological thriller through and through. Uh, Miss Marvel looks like a fun teen coming of age show. She-Hulk looks like a, a satire. Like I think, I think that's what's really good about the Disney Plus MCU shows, and I think that that uh, Moon Knight will will do the same. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean that's basically those are basically all of my wa- also actually well I I should say number five, uh, gritty action. Uh, we saw it in the trailer. Um Daredevil esque action where he's sort of Batman esque Batman esque action where he's uh beating up that person in, in the uh in front of the mirror, I think. And uh hopefully we get more of that. I saw some reviews saying we, we don't get as much of that in the first four episodes, which is a little disappointing. Um but uh we'll see about that. So that's uh that's really what I'm hoping for a show like Moon Knight. Now with the remaining time, and I wanna make this a little bit of a shorter episode, so I I won't uh you know, if if uh, if if warranted, if people want to hear my, my extended thoughts on the Batman, I'll, I'll make a separate video at, cer- at certain points, at some point. But uh, over the next 10 minutes or so, I just wanted to talk about the Batman, um, the show, or the show, the movie, the Batman. Um, this is going to be full spoilers. So if you haven't seen the Batman, click off, and I'm not going to be going beat by beat. I'm just going to be talking about my spoiler thoughts for the next five to 10 minutes or so. What did I think about the Batman? I think the more I think about it, ...the more I like it. Um, I've only seen it once... ...and I plan on seeing it again probably this week. Um, but I think it's a great... ...Batman movie. I don't know if it's a... if it, ...I think it's a good movie. A really good movie. I think it's a great Batman movie. I also think it's about half an hour too long. And I think even if you love this movie... ...I think that's something that you can't deny... That, um, certain elements felt like they were dragged on a little too far. Um, and we'll kind of get into that, but, um, like for example, I think the client, I think at a certain point in the movie, we'll talk about the climax later, but, um, in the middle of the movie, I actually forgot that, uh, the Riddler was there because the movie shifted focus heavily onto Carmine Falcone or Falcone or whatever, uh, Falcone they call it in the movie. And I think that's fine. You know, but I, I think that it, they, the pacing was a little off to where in a three hour movie, like they spent about an hour on Carmine Falcone and then they went back to the Riddler who killed him eventually. And that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I actually forgot the Riddler was in the movie for a while and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Um, Paul Dano's performance was, was obviously fantastic. I think that his scene in Arkham with uh, Batman was great. Um, To kind of have him captured... Uh, I'm sort of going back and forth on the finale, though. Of having him captured and not being in the rest of the movie. But also kind of having these like multiple Riddler-esque people... Kind of showing the power that his words have. The power that Gotham's fear has. I think that's a powerful message. I just kind of wish that he had a a way of being more present at the end of the film. Um, So there's that. Um... But uh, overall, I thought, no, I thought Paul Dano was was a fantastic villain. I think the riddles were really fun. Uh, There were certain things I didn't catch even the first time around when they explained them. So I'm excited to go back and uh, uh, knowing kind of what's coming up uh, to to be able to dissect this film. Um, But going back to the villains, I think that, you know, I mean, on an aside, I think that uh, Oswald Oswald Cobblepot, that's another tongue twister, uh, uh, played brilliantly by Colin Farrell. Um, was uh, used, I think, just about the right amount, but also like teetering on the edge of what is he like, like being in the film a little too much to be like, what, what's the point of him being in the film, other than just to introduce him for the, for his own spinoff show, um, but the other thing that really kind of bugged me a little bit about the show, as uh, the movie, I keep saying show, we've been talking about shows for the whole the episode, but uh, is is really Carmine Falcone's relationship with Catwoman. Um, because look, I, uh, I respect that they were trying to add this extra layer. I feel like that's one storyline that should have been cut out though. Entirely is Catwoman's relationship with, uh, Carmine Falcone being her father. I think it's enough that Bruce Wayne has his own tragedy and trauma with Carmine Falcone who, uh, you know, might, uh, uh, I forget. Did he, did he call the hit on Bruce's parents? Anyways, but that whole trauma of, of that just being with Batman, i think is is so much more interesting than whatever they did with catwoman i think uh uh, zoe kravitz did a great job as catwoman um i i just don't think her character was super necessary at times and it was only necessary because her father was carmine Falcone. and even then it was like but that didn't even need to be in the movie um i i don't know you know i liked the dynamic i just she didn't feel super necessary to me in the movie um I, I also don't think that, you know, Penguin was super necessary in the movie. Um, I'm glad that they were there. I just, I think they're, like I was saying, there are certain elements of the movie that I go, did that really need to be there? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, but that, you know, honestly, oh, okay, the one other complaint I have about the movie, and then and then I promise that's basically it. I, I might think of some nitpicks here and there, but no, that's about it. Um, is Bruce Wayne, and this isn't really even a negative, um, this is me just saying that this film didn't focus on Bruce Wayne, didn't choose to, and, uh, it is the Batman, you know, um, that being said, uh, I, while I think that, that Pattinson's performance as Batman and as this sort of recluse Bruce Wayne was really good. I'd also be interested to see his take on a more philanthropic, uh, billionaire, you know, playboy Bruce Wayne, uh, which this movie didn't need, by the way, this movie did not need. I want to make that clear. Um, but I also just think that maybe in future movies, whether you're dealing with Hush or the Joker, which I guess that's the other thing. I uh, It's not a negative. We'll talk about that in just a second. But anyways, um, yeah, I think that to even more elevate the performance of Bruce Wayne, this haunted sort of figure, uh, to emerge from the shadows is sort of trying to put on a public face now that he, he understands Gotham City needs hope um, would be really interesting. I guess the, the very last thing that I will say for now about negatives is that... Uh, that Joker scene, I'm, not, you know, a lot of people keep saying that's the one thing I wish they didn't put in the movie. I'm fine with that being in the movie. I uh, I just wish it was in the credit scene. It was a credit scene, you know? Um, I don't understand why it wasn't a credit scene. It, it perfectly fit as a credit scene. Um, so, anyways, that all that aside. What I loved about this movie was the sound design. And I know that's a weird thing to start off with, but... Batman's footsteps in this movie were everything. You know, just hearing him come out of the shadows and creep forward and stalk forward and just stand there. Brilliant. The car chase had some of the best sound design of a car chase I've seen in a long time. If ever, honestly. And uh, just the tactile feel of batman is something that we didn't get with ben affleck and dare i say we didn't get that much with christian bale um you know christian bale's bat suit kind of feels a little bit more light 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 uh not lightweight but a little lighter than than the robert pattinson suit um which again both serve their purposes in their franchises and their films um but batman this is my favorite batman suit i think easily it's fantastic um i i love the supporting actors you know paul dana like i said jeffrey wright as as gordon uh i think alfred uh, uh alfred circus andy circus does a good job as alfred um i think obviously zoe Kravis did a great job uh um, colin farrell did a good job uh am i forgetting somebody i maybe john turturro did a good job as uh, Carmen Falcone. um performances were great the lighting the visuals stunning um in a dark way like it's not stunning in the uh poppy i don't know guardians of the galaxy kind of visual way um or the eternals kind of way where you're you're on landscapes and you're in babylon and you're whatever um this was a obviously gotham and and people have said this you know i'm not going to rehash too many things but just to say that you know gotham city itself was uh beautiful in a dark kind of you know twisted way in a in a in a fallen way um and i love that about i love that about the movie um, I also think it's interesting the parallels between, uh, Paul Dano's Riddler being an orphan and Bruce Wayne's Batman being an orphan. I think that was a cool connection there that they made. Um, cause again, I think that even if you have a psychopath serial killer, you gotta, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine enough to have just a serial killer, but I, I love villains with motivations. I love villains who are thinking, who are, have reasons for acting the way that they do other than just randomly chaotic. It works in terms of like the Joker, um, but I think the Riddler with Project Renewal um, feeling left out of society was was just a great touch. Um, but what I loved most about this film is that Batman has an arc. And I know he has arcs in the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, you know, kind of going from from this sort of hurt, uh, vengeful character and Batman Begins to the hero of Gotham City in, in its own way. In the Dark Knight, sort of going from like 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 hero of the city to to being selfless and and making himself, um, a uh sort of the 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 face of 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 the evil that went on with Harvey Dent and stuff. Dark Knight Rises maybe a little less so. He makes a sacrifice at the end of the movie. Um, but this movie, what what it was saying about Batman, I thought was so impressive. You know, I thought it was so impressive because the beginning of the movie, I'm vengeance comes back later in the movie in a perfect scene where he sees this Riddler criminal say, I'm vengeance. And he realized the look on Pattinson's face is like, oh, I, I did that. I inspired that. Oh no. Like I, you know, that was me. And I think that's brilliant. I think that is absolutely brilliant that he, that they did that. Um, And I, I, I just, I, to, to go from that vengeance to then hope at the end, in a very organic, real way, is really one of the strengths of this movie. I think it is really one of the things that this movie does exceptionally well. Um, is show a character progression of Batman to where you're excited to see where this new Batman is going to go in the future. Um, I, lo- I think Pattinson has room to even improve upon a, a great performance already um i think matt reeves has has things to improve upon i i get that you know three hours movies don't don't have to be short or long or they can be whatever they want i just think that this particular movie unlike a dune uh unlike a uh, uh end game uh just didn't really could have been at least 15 minutes shorter if not half an hour um but no i uh, i this movie is fantastic and i can't wait to see it again um hopefully sometime soon uh, so those were my thoughts on uh, the Batman. Those were my thoughts on Book of Boba Fett. Uh, I know I didn't go as in-depth as I could have. I would love to in the future even more. I'm sure I will in the comments with you guys as well. Um, and that was today's episode of the Axis Blockbusters pod. Um, the full episode will hopefully go up um, Tuesday, if not Wednesday, uh, with the clips following. Um, so if you just just, just want to hear my thoughts on uh, the Batman, if you just want to hear my thoughts on Book of Boba Fett or the Miss Marvel trailer, uh, those clips will be coming out. Over the next coming days and weeks, but I would, of course, uh, uh, you know, greatly prefer if you listen to the whole episode uh, of the Axis Blockbusters Pod in its entirety. Um, which I understand if you can't because you don't you can't stand my voice for 15 minutes, so that's that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, guys, that'll be it for me. Um, please enjoy uh, the upcoming videos. I think I have some really interesting ones coming out over the next uh, couple of months. Every every uh, couple of weeks, hopefully, we'll be able to do another check in. Uh, podcast and 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 i'll, I'll kind of detail what i'm thinking about the access blockbusters channel um hoping to make a sequel to ranking literally every single mcu character hoping to make beginner's guide of the mcu uh part three you know making it a yearly thing um with each passing year hoping to make some more awesome content for you guys and and keep the podcast alive and um yeah That'll, that'll be it for me, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for uh, sticking around. Share your thoughts in the comments, like the video on YouTube, um, or rate it on Apple Podcasts, wherever you would prefer. And uh, I'll uh, see you guys in the next episode. Take care, guys.